I had to file a sexual harassment claim against a professor at Oxford. I had to go through the rather grueling process of an investigation. That's from a YouTube video by an American student who did her master's degree at Oxford University in 2019. But like so many women, she found her academic career almost derailed by a male professor. I had to avoid going to certain events because I didn't want to run into him, and that broke my heart. When she spoke up and reported him, she found the university system seemed more focused on protecting their reputation than hers. I am telling you guys this because I don't want it to ever happen to someone else. But it seems that the institution is known for trying to cover certain things up. This is Al Jazeera Investigates. I'm Deborah Davis. And I'm Alex Howlett. This is part two of Degrees of Abuse. We've spent two years investigating sexual misconduct by academics in British universities. How men in positions of power and influence can abuse the young women they teach and mentor. We're back at the prestigious Oxford University for this episode. In September 2021, it ranked top of the world's best universities for the sixth year in a row. So when it comes to its reputation for academic excellence, Oxford University is unrivaled. But when it comes to sexual harassment by staff, both students and lecturers have told us Oxford has failed them. When the university protects academics who have an established history of harassment, it fails in its safeguarding duties. This is from a statement given to us by an Oxford academic, read by an actor. I regret that I'm only able to speak anonymously about this situation. I fear I would face punitive action if I was identified. In the first episode, we revealed how a distinguished professor has never been sanctioned despite a well-known reputation for drunkenness and harassment. Now we're investigating another case where complaints have been upheld, but no action taken. Professor Peter Thompson has been at Oxford almost 30 years. He teaches American studies from the 17th to 19th centuries. He taught Mia Leonage during her undergraduate and master's degrees. She graduated in 2020. I now exist out in the world as an alumna of Oxford University. I'm still incredibly privileged to have attended that institution and benefit from the privilege it bestowed upon me in my everyday life, absolutely. But there's a bit of a bitter taste to that when you understand what is protected when an institution is tested. As an undergraduate, Mia took one of Professor Peter Thompson's courses. He was absolutely the typical old, white, cis, straight tutor in class without an awareness or an empathy for other groups. I think we just thought, well, you know, this is how it goes. Sexist thing that you get with a lot of academics. When she started her master's degree, Mia discovered there was already a whisper network among older students about Peter Thompson. 
And what they basically said was that he had a reputation for sexual harassment. And they also told me that he was a well-known alcoholic in the faculty. So what we do is we warn all of the new women grad students and to basically avoid being alone with him as, as far as possible. Mia's fellow student, Kaylin Apple, who you heard from at the start of the episode, tried to keep her distance, which meant missing out on certain important events. That broke my heart because I am somebody who really values my education and who values my experiences and my networking opportunities. Mia saw how Professor Thompson seemed to take a special interest in Kaylin. We know that feeling when there's a man in the room who you know is dangerous in some way. And that's exactly how it felt when he was around. So you go into a class with this feeling in the air. In one of the classes, he leant over her to read what was on her screen. And she basically took her laptop and sort of shoved it away from her so that he would go to where the laptop was and not stay close to her. And that was really, yeah, a really tense moment. He followed up with an email and asked her to meet him in his office at his college. And then he suggested that they go to a pub over the road to have a drink. She put her bag on the in-between seat so that he would have to sit opposite her, not close to her. And when he returned to the table with his pint, he took her bags off the seat, moved the seat closer to her and sat down. Professor Thompson regularly held court in his favourite pub, a short walk from his college. There's even a picture of him on the wall. And for him to explain that it was because he was such a regular at this pub, what was a normal student haunt immediately became almost like his private living room. It was quite hard to not go because you were all at a compulsory class beforehand. But the class also finished at 12.30pm. So it was fully right in the middle of the day. And he actually kind of clambered over a couple of the boys to sit near where the women were sitting. I think a lot of people think, oh, but where's the line? It must be so difficult. It's not difficult. I've worked with countless academics over my four years at university, both as an undergrad and a postgrad, and I have never had another tutor out of all those people who hasn't understood where that line is. There might be things that seem quite innocuous on the surface, such as inviting a student to meet off campus, inviting them for meetings at odd hours, you know, of the day and night. But then it can start to get a little bit creepy, to use the technical term. That's Professor Anna Bull. In spring 2021, she co-authored a report based on testimony from university students across Britain who felt their lecturers crossed professional boundaries into unacceptable behaviour. Even in situations where, what you might say, nothing happened, where there was no physical contact and even no overt sexual contact, the experience of feeling manipulated and getting into a controlling relationship with a member of staff had huge impacts on women in the study that I carried out. 
it has massive career impacts. So um, loss of confidence in your own abilities as an academic. For some women, it would lead them to want to, to change discipline or even change degree course or drop out. Like all universities, Oxford has a formal policy on sexual harassment. It includes behaviour which violates someone's dignity or creates an offensive environment. So not just what's said or done, but the impact lecturers like Peter Thompson have on their students. His behaviour made other people around him feel uncomfortable, humiliated, denigrated, etc. And regardless of his intention, he still crossed all of those boundaries. Mia confided her worries in another tutor. She was horrified when he told her they knew all about Peter Thompson's behaviour. And there'd been a complaint in 2017 which went nowhere. He explained that in previous years, he and fellow staff members had actually co-authored a letter to the university offices. And they submitted this letter essentially saying that they didn't believe that Dr. Thompson was fit to teach. As far as I know, the university never responded. I, at that point, felt absolutely compelled. And when I say compelled, I mean by my own conscience to complain formally because I didn't see how any change could be made any other way. The tutors and the other student all said, we'll join you. By January 2020, Mia, Kaylin and five staff members in the history faculty had put in almost identical letters accusing Professor Thompson of sexual harassment and drunkenness. Unlike 2017, this time, the university set up a formal investigation panel chaired by an academic from a different department. Even with her evidence supported by six others, Mia found appearing before them was an ordeal. Oh God, I was terrified. And I'm not someone who in general suffers from social anxiety, for example. I'm a natural extrovert, like to think I'm quite a good public speaker. But it was probably the scariest, like, conversation I've ever had. So she was all the more amazed when she and the other six received the formal outcome letters. Allegations of sexual harassment are upheld. Allegations concerning alcohol consumption were overall upheld. Appropriate action will now be taken to address the matter. I was absolutely flawed. I was completely shocked. And I was obviously very, very happy. But a line at the end of the letter immediately worried her. I cannot provide details of this action due to Dr. Thompson's right to confidentiality. And Mia was outraged when she heard what happened next. They were told unofficially that Dr. Thompson's defence was that he had a mental condition, which meant he didn't understand his comments were offensive and that he needed to drink to deal with his social anxiety. Mia's now graduated, but knows he's still teaching, despite the complaints being upheld. I don't have any evidence to suggest that any action has been taken. His profile is still on the university website, and it actually was recently updated and he has a new picture. I believe that he should be suspended and immediately removed from all teaching and all interactions with other people to whom he could cause harm. 
during that suspension process should receive adequate support and counselling to help him with the issues that he's raised. Kaylin agrees. It's not about getting him fired. It's about the institution that protects them and the institution that refuses to fire them. This professor still remains on faculty. That protection covers not just the professor's reputation, but also the institution that employs him, by keeping quiet. His colleagues have been warned not to talk about it. But one academic did agree to speak to us, as long as they remained anonymous. An actor is reading their words. Professor Thompson's drinking and inappropriate behaviour towards students causes long-lasting emotional and professional damage for young women. They are robbed of mentoring opportunities, struggling to maintain the focus on their studies and haunted by this violation of trust that this harassment entails. That's something a young academic who met Peter Thompson can understand. She doesn't want her name used. She encountered him at an overseas conference of historians in 2003. She admired his work and spoke to him at a gathering after the conference, which, inevitably, took place in a pub. We have a statement from her, an actor is reading her words. He suddenly leaned across the table and spoke quite loudly in my ear. His words were, I know what you want and I'm going to f*** you hard against a wall. His voice was entirely different, his apparently cheerful demeanour, and it was his tone that, in that immediate moment, most terrified me, as it was aggressive and hostile and threatened an unwanted act of penetration. She then gave up a job opportunity to avoid Professor Thompson and says that one verbal assault has had a long-term impact. I was always scared I might meet Thompson. This has excluded me from important events. I've had concerns he might disparage my work. I wish to highlight the ongoing and pernicious effects of such harassment on my career. Professor Anna Ball's research across British universities found similar stories to those of the women we've spoken to. There's large-scale studies in the US and the UK which show that postgraduate female students are the most at risk of sexual harassment from staff and around about 10% of postgraduate women students will experience this. Academic staff are being paid, They are much better educated, they tend to be older, and they have institutional power over students. So because of that power imbalance, it's really important to have a clear set of professional boundaries as to what is acceptable and how to make sure that the teaching and learning relationship gets prioritised over other relationships. We've done our own research into sexual harassment in higher education. We sent freedom of information requests to over 160 British universities. 47 replied with details of staff misconduct. Oxford University told us it had 14 complaints made to the central administration in the three years to autumn 2019. None resulted in anyone being sacked. That doesn't include complaints made to individual faculties or colleges for which no figures are available. 
Figures from the other universities reveal an additional 240 complaints over three years. That led to 12 staff being sacked and 23 disciplined in some way. Mia has no regrets about filing a complaint, only about how hard it was. It's testament to what actually has to happen in order for any change or recognition to really be done. The fact that it took seven different people, including five senior academics, for kind of the glass to crack slightly, I think is very indicative of how these systems work and who they allow to speak and who they silence. Professor Thompson declined to comment, and the University of Oxford said they can't comment on individual cases but take all allegations of sexual harassment seriously. They said if complaints are upheld, they take disciplinary action where appropriate and steps to ensure safety and well-being of staff and students. Next, we're moving north, from Oxford in England to Glasgow University in Scotland. And we're investigating a different kind of sexual harassment by a much younger professor. He said he was no longer sexually attracted to his wife. Just a little reminder, I'm 19 years old. And he started to send me photos that had his crotch in. I definitely would call it grooming. Please keep listening to hear their stories. We've compiled a list of helplines and support organisations if you need them. Details are available on our website, ajiunit.com. Degrees of Abuse was reported by me, Deborah Davis, and Alex Howlett. This episode was produced by Kevin Hurton and audio edited by Craig Pennington and Leo Sofoyanis. Sound mixed by TVC Soho. Joe Frias is the executive producer, and Phil Reese is Al Jazeera's director of investigative journalism. If you haven't already, subscribe to Al Jazeera Investigates, however you listen to podcasts.